0: Opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants, and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk podcast network. Also the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. Thursday night, December 30th, 2021, presented by Anime North. This is episode 57 of the Anime Roundtable Canada. Good evening from Six Points, 10 minutes south of the Anime North compound in the Toronto West End. Mike Nicholas, James Austin, Kevin Ng, Mohammed Shamarki, and Jeff Gregg with you tonight as we end off 2021. A quick reminder, you can reach us Contact us old school, anime roundtable at gmail.com. That's our email address. We're on Twitter and Instagram at anime roundtable. Show notes and archive on our website, anime com. We're on Twitch, twitch.tv slash anime roundtable. And we're on YouTube as well. Don't ask me on that link. It's a lot of gibberish to mention here. But needless to say, there is more stuff coming soon to Twitch. And YouTube.
1: What about TikTok, Mike? I hear that's where everyone's going to go in the future. No one's going to no. Google us; they're going to TikTok us. I hear. Maybe I'm,
0: and at that point, maybe I'm content being left behind. Okay, final episode for 2021. And we didn't really plan this one out. We just want to say good, goodbye to 2021. Not necessarily good riddance, because. I think we we said had a stronger sentiment of saying that more a year ago. Twenty twenty one was rough, but twenty twenty was even rougher. I think.
2: I mean, only one of those two years had Spider Man.
0: Well, yeah, and uh, and and only one of those two years also had uh, oh, in Ontario, ten thousand plus cases in a in a single day, because that's. The basics of the, of the COVID update.
3: And only one of those two years had Dune. Still thinking about Dune all this time. Even after I saw it like a month ago.
1: What do you think? Read the book or watch the new movie, Kevin?
3: Both.
2: Definitely both. Definitely both.
3: I need to get around to reading it. It's just that the library has a massive wait list for it right now.
1: It's kind of funny how that happens, right? Like, you could have done months or years ago, and now the movie comes out. Nope, not a single copy in the system, because everyone wants to see. hmm Okay.
0: So, where do you want to start the uh, on-topic discussions this evening? I'm thinking already, there's a few things that caught our attention, not necessarily not necessarily urgent to the industry as a whole, but they're juicy and fun to talk about. Could be really interesting stuff to talk about. And then we can start to really start looking back on 2021. So let's go through some of these uh, headlines. Not really bullets, because maybe there's one or two stories that caught our attention over the last couple of weeks that are just too interesting to ignore right now. I'm thinking that anyway, we can go, we can come back to the COVID stuff a bit later because you know, COVID has, especially with the Omicron variant has nicely seeped its way into just about everything in our daily life. Well, it's not as if COVID in general has a, has really gone away, but This is another level with uh, Omicron. And maybe we can come back to that a bit later, because, fuck, that's that's just hard to talk about. So let's let's go through a few things. Which one do you want to go with?
1: I guess we could talk about the one that has a lot more levity and can make us question what exactly a retirement is and also make us feel better about ourselves, realizing that we're living probably more respectable lives than some other people in this world.
0: The talk of the last... How, how many weeks are we talking about?
1: Or is I feel it like it's three? been over a month, hasn't it, Kevin? No, it's, yeah, or am it's, I it's, thinking it's, wrong? It feels like it's been a, a while.
0: Yeah, it's been a month. It just kind of came to a head in the last couple days. Runa Narumi. Who wants to start with this one? Who wants to, uh Kevin? James, do you? Who wants to kind of explain this one in a couple minutes? I got time to hear your take on it because you know this story better
1: than I do. Huh. Well, so do you want to start with the official version there, Kevin, and then we'll seep into what could be the truth?
3: Sure. Let's go with that route.
1: So there was a retirement of uh, Runa Narumi, right? From the entertainment industry. As of December 31st. So nothing strange there, right?
3: Uh, Nothing particularly strange from the get-go. The official reason was that uh, she is in poor health. And uh, given the events... That occurred beforehand, I can imagine her health taking a hit, truth be told. So she she's in. she was more of an up in, or she is well, as of this recording, she's still employed, but she was a voice actress who uh voices a character in the Idol Master's shiny colors game. Uh her character was Yuika, and Uh, now on with this retirement, it's her voice will be replaced. Uh, her voice was actually removed earlier from the game. And I think they're aiming to have her voice fully replaced by April. Now she was actually on hiatus in mid October. And so, yes, this was due to poor health and, uh, and then later on, a few days after October 15th, it was announced that she would no longer be part of her unit in Idolmaster, And this actually affected the group because uh, they were supposed to have had an album that was going to be come out, but that got cancelled. And any event that was related to that album release also got cancelled. Now... She also did a couple of other minor roles. Uh, She was apparently an interspecies reviewers. But so, the thing is, is that if you delve deeper into this story, you'll find out that uh, the reason why she was put on hiatus coincides, well, not the reason why, well, it's probably the reason why, but... Her hiatus coincided with uh, an event that happened around that time, where it was reported that uh, she cheated on her YouTuber boyfriend at the time.
1: Moku, I, I believe, is
3: yeah, it was Moku, and, and I
1: believe, unfortunately, for him, he uh, this is in his first dance with. Uh, a female that I guess he's had issues with uh, women, unfortunately. But
3: This would be his this, third instance of that, unfortunately.
1: But this one uh, definitely takes the cake uh, if you lead, read uh, deeper into uh, what Runa did. So how would you explain it, Kevin? I'd love to hear your take.
3: So when I first read the comments on Anime News Network... Uh, that was when I learned about what happened. So one of the earlier comments in the forum was, is this the four times VA everyone's talking about? And I thought, what the fuck? Someone ended up linking another article. Uh, it was this person whose name is Easy Top on enemy news networks forums, but they linked an article explaining how uh, she, in fact, cheated on her boyfriend with another man. And Actually, it was
1: with her ex-boyfriend. Yes, that's right. And yeah, it was a similar thing of how I found out, because it seems so innocent. And then we went into the forums and found out more. But they've named the ex-boyfriend the entrepreneur, because this old boyfriend, I guess owned uh, some different bars around Tokyo and stuff like that. And supposedly she uh, went back to him uh, to be friends with benefits, it sounds like.
3: Yes. And in that article, there was a link to a Reddit thread that also goes in depth on like the play by play, the supposed play by play of the events leading towards this scandal breaking out in to the Japanese media. So so there you know she was cheating on him with this entrepreneur. Uh this entrepreneur was seeing another woman and S- several other women. Yes. There was apparently five. Yeah. And, we found
1: that out, five, which is, whew.
3: and then, so this one girlfriend contacted, uh, Runa saying that, Hey, like, what are you doing? Can you please stop? Like, leave him alone. And. Oh, uh, man reading this part's kind of like it, it It really this is where like my opinion changed a little bit because uh, Runa Narumi more or less became I don't know if indignant is the right word in this instance but basically I was, would
0: have said she went divalicious but that's assuming she's a diva in the first place
3: yeah it's
1: Yeah, there was definitely, she thought more of herself than what she actually was when I think the ball got rolling with the girlfriend, fiance of the entrepreneur of the ex-boyfriend that basically suspected him of cheating and then went through his phone and stuff like that and contacted Narumi and asked her, please stop hooking up with my fiance, boyfriend, whatever you want to call it. And basically she went nuclear- on uh this uh girlfriend fiance. And yeah, it was kinda weird saying about that, don't you know who I am and Yeah. It's I don't like, wanna
3: share him with a nobody like you. It's like, oh man. That's reportedly like, what it said.
2: Go ahead. Go ahead, Mo. I know you wanna say something. Wait, what? Oh no no I was just gonna say it, it, it I feel like at that point she should have been like, well, I'm in the wrong here. I guess I should just back off. But no, she uh she had to pull the uh, I'm Famous card when you're not really famous.
1: Yeah. She it definitely doubled down, that's for sure.
3: R- Runa then threatened suicide if the girlfriend leaked anything. And then the girlfriend also received death threat text that she suspects is from Narumi's agency. We don't know if this is true or not. Like, whether or not it was from the agency or not. But she received death threats. And so, that was when this girlfriend was like, well, fuck this, and then she took a lot of those really? uh, pms and text messages and then leaked it to a youtuber named kore kore which covers a lot of those trashy scandal stuff and that was what? when uh this is when it broke out into the media and uh the the word the trend uh real ntr NTR meaning netolare. It was then trending on Twitter in Japan. And uh, for to those who don't know, uh, netolare means it's like cuckolding, basically. Where, uh, well, and it's commonly used in in hentai, but basically, it's like you have a guy and a girl, and they're in a relationship, and then some other, some third party steals one of the one of the pa- one of the people in the relationship away usually it's the girl and then the girl ends up enjoying it and then the guy becomes all distraught and and is in despair that's that's the basic premise Basically, of NTR it sounds like it's, it just sounds like cheating it's like, cheating is kind of different it it's kind of different from cheating yes it is cheating but uh it's specifically the fact that like because in to a to a male in a male lens, it's like, damn, my girlfriend's being stolen, and I can't do anything about it. Oh my god, it's terrible. And then you just feel kind of bad. But then some people do get off on that. Whereas regular cheating, in a, in a air quotes, regular cheating scenario is just you just see a you just see a couple you just see two people cheating, and you don't really see the third party. Like, you don't see the affected parties, like, suffering in the background.
0: That's, okay, I I guess that's a...
1: And I guess you can see where some of the people got off, like, some of the leaks in that. Like, another part of it talked about the February 2021 incident, where, I guess, uh, Moku supposedly went to a streaming event or whatever, and supposedly Narumi invited the entrepreneur, this other guy, to the home they shared. And that's where they did it four times or something like that, which is kind of crazy to believe, to say the least. And this
3: is why, uh, so I was saying earlier how the f- she was the four times VA. So then the four times alludes to the fact that he apparently, uh, they had sex four times in the span of like one day.
1: Ah. <sighs> But yeah, once that blew up, they said that's when they started going uh, quiet for uh, Narumi's uh, agency and stuff like that, and appointments. And obviously, they thought it would blow over, I guess, or something, because they kept on going, but it never did. So she finally retired. But at least Moku, the good thing about Moku, at least, is supposedly. He released a video making fun of the situation and got a decent viewership boost out of it, they say. And he got some modernization, I guess, out of that, and maybe some other videos that the viewers went to. He probably got some sympathy. One day, hopefully, he'll find a good lady and stuff like that, because unfortunately, he's had bad luck, it sounds like. It sounds like he got some sympathy out of this. See, I look at this
0: story, and, and looking back on 2021 and not really related. But when I read some of the original comments on Anime News Network without understanding there's a lot more to this story, I was thinking, like, there was a reckoning for everything concerning Britney Spears earlier this year. This is not that, is it? No. This is... Like, you. Could, I, I don't think we can... Can we paint Can we paint Runa Narumi as any sort of victim here? Because it just it's it's certainly not flattering. Uh,
3: you can say that she is a victim in the sense that she lost her career over this, and if this happened in North America, there she probably wouldn't have lost her entire career. I mean, this is like a Me like like opportunity,
1: huh? Kevin. That's what they call it in the West. Career opportunity.
3: So then, usually in situations like this in North America, you do just lay low and then you let it blow over. And then you just kind of disappear for a while and then maybe you slowly come back. Uh, this is actually what Aya Hirano had to do because she was in... She had her own scandal that happened years ago, and then uh, she you definitely don't see her around nearly as often as before, but she did still keep a couple of her key roles in ongoing titles.
1: But, but I would say hers was a very different uh, type of scandal where you could feel sympathy and stuff like that for Aya Hirano. This one is kind of a different kettle of fish, I would say.
3: That's the thing. Yes, the uh, in in Runa's case, you could it's it's a little hard to sympathize with her because she was doing something wrong. She was being unfaithful and she had her chance to not let this escalate any further and she did not choose that route. And then tried to be
1: a little too big for her britches, as they say.
3: And so, uh, and because this blew up and because she's not as established, you could see that other people would not want to work with her anymore. And uh these kinds of things are a bigger deal in Japan, especially amongst like talentos and celebrities and voice actresses and vo- and whatnot. Yeah, it's just... The standards are different over there, as yes. we established last week.
0: Uh, as we've established in the past. You know. kind
1: of crazy when you think about it. I was thinking back, and you read the story, and it was a similar discovery to Kevin, where it's like, okay, whatever, you go into the comments, and you're like, wow, this turned into something completely different, but the first thing, Kevin... I was thinking that I'm like, maybe this wasn't exactly a retirement retirement, but I'm like, I wonder if it was drugs. Was it drugs? No, it wasn't drugs. It was signed completely, utterly crazy.
0: Okay. My breath is still taken away. And I only started reading about this yesterday. Or was it the day before?
1: I don't think you'll have another uh, lady like her. That's for sure uh, in the voice acting uh, community, quite like that. That's for sure. Hmm. At least maybe she'll be uh, a good senpai to all the younger generations that will hopefully learn a lesson.
2: I mean, you ne- you never know. It could it could happen again, like relatively soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Actually, well, he, I'm. A, it's just when you when Mo says that, I, I start to think about well there is a there is a CD nature to the entertainment industry generally speaking
1: the certain parts yes yeah and
0: there and, like i don't uh, like there's a misogynistic aspect to it that we've always referred to one time or another or periodically referred to on this show and and i think about that here but it it's just so hard Like, if this was a guy, would we be saying a lot of this stuff? I'd like to think. I'd like to think that guy would probably be
3: raked the same way. Well, it happened to Tatsuhita Suzuki recently. He lost many of his roles. And who did he cheat on? He. He had Lisa as a wife and he still cheated.
1: <laughs> well, Supposedly, the cheating culture in Japan is uh, a big thing I've heard because they yes, have the ability to do it a lot easier than us and stuff like that with the love hotels and the clandestine meeting places and so on and so far from the work culture. so How do you cheat on Lisa of all people? What is
3: wrong with you?
1: It's just the way it goes. It's like we'll never understand it. Just like the fact that hopefully some of the bad karma went to that uh, one guy, the entrepreneur, because it's just like, what are you doing, dudes? Karma's got to knock that guy down sometime, right? Hmm. So did you did you learn anything, Jeff, from this travesty?
4: I'm not sure there's anything to learn. It's it's celebrity <laughs> gossip. It's celebrity gossip,
1: it and I guess
4: to us regular people, it's
0: entertaining.
1: Just, just lead a respectable life, and you know what? Uh, somehow, things will work out.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's a juicy... St- Needless to say, this is kind of a good read, but... And you can guess that there'll probably be some... I don't know if we'll hear any more exactly from this story, but I could foresee some sort of parody, some sort of storylines. Fiction it reads okay; it reads like good fiction, that's for sure.
3: What's kind of sad is that she is being memed on now.
0: Yes. Do do we need to to get into detail with that? I've.
3: Well, we already explained the. Did, did we explain the meme itself i thought we did
0: which part of it do you want to go with oh
3: okay, i guess four we did times, it times right so there's a there's a meme picture of her with a picture of i think it is the love live not the love live the the idol master character that she portrays and it says nakadashi four times on it and uh to those who are uninformed, uh Nakadashi means it means a man coming inside a woman without a condom. So it means coming inside of her. So the fact and it plays into the fact that yes, she had sex with that guy four times in their house.
2: I mean that kinda that kinda adds to the complexity of her and her relationship with the YouTuber, right? I mean like he she wouldn't let him like like it it's its some it seemed a bit weird, no that like that relationship was the way it was, but the entrepreneur got significantly more, I guess, like that's got feel bad on him, right?
3: yeah, and oh, and there was also a mention of how uh after that that four times occurrence. He then asked her to take morning after pills and gave her 9,800 yen. So then people were joking and making fun of how she costed less than going to a sex worker. And I'm just thinking like, oh, God, that's the Internet for you, unfortunately. Because, mm-hmm.
0: you know what? You know what? I, I'm looking, I'm trying to find those, the picture of those memes you mentioned earlier. It's just I thought I had them already here in my notes but Oh it's I don't. it's
3: in the it's in the Reddit thread if you go to the top of the page.
0: Mm.
4: I feel at this point your earlier comments about this being misogynistic have definitely blossomed into a horrible flower of truth because if this happened to a man, there wouldn't be memes and comments about um, relating the price to a sex worker. Like regardless of, regardless of whose fault it is, like this has now clearly, at least from your description of the, the memes of it, it has clearly gravitated towards harassment and bullying. Yeah. That's the problem
0: I'm having with this part of the
3: story.
4: 100%. I'm not disagreeing.
0: I, I think I don't disagree that there's it that she should be held responsible. Right, right. But once you have that online
1: vengeance and that it takes a vicious turn that should not happen. Yeah, and this
0: is where I'm having trouble with this.
3: That's why why I don't go on Twitter often. Because you see a lot of this shit on Twitter, to be honest. And uh, it gets pretty dispiriting.
4: I didn't okay. follow the story as much as you did, but it it it's unfortunately bringing up ghosts of that um, the suicide of that wrestler and uh, Netflix star that you like. Yes, liked.
0: Uh, yeah, the um, mm-hmm. yeah, Hannah
4: Clara. Like that's that's clearly you know a, a case of more just you know. Bullying for less of a you know distinct reason, but and I know that this individual seems to have have threatened suicide, which is not a good look. But even a fake threat can turn into a real one if you know this bullying you know persists like i really hope i mean it's japan so my real my realistic hopes of her having a good therapist are not as high as they should be but like i hope she has support and and friends like through this this, because this is really dangerous
0: no i this is where i'm having trouble like (sighs) yeah I mean, i as I said, I read the comments, and it sounded like a lot of the commenters wanted to throw her under the bus, and there's well, they didn't something to want to, that to point. they
3: already did
0: yeah and, and then more than and then I read that, and yeah, there's it's not flattering, but at a point,
3: when is it enough,
2: according to the internet, it's never enough,
3: or they'll find something new to pick on. Maybe that's the
0: that would be the good news, but be tough for the next person then.
1: Definitely be mobbed with pitchforks and.
0: But let me let me correct that. It's not not tough for the next person. It's tough for her, whoever she that next whoever she is, has almost certainly. It'll be a woman.
4: Yes or no. Probably. Probably. Most likely. I'm not sure there's ever been a case where, you know, a cishet man was dragged as much as as a woman was. Like maybe there'd be like, oh yep, he's a cheater that or he's a cheater, that's bad. But like and lose some roles and
0: maybe outcast it to some degree, but not shuffle, shuffle, shuffle.
4: Or like he would get to retire or fade away in dignity, or or at least obscurity, which would provide some dignity. Like, and that's not even being you know given to this woman as an option. Like, it's it's disgusting. That's the part. Like, there's as I said, this is
0: I'm disturbed by it. I just don't like. I'm trying to place how disturbed I am and where where specifically.
3: Yeah, it would you and would feel, see I, this kind of harassment a lot more often with women than with men because there are, there have been plenty of male celebrities who probably have found themselves even in similar situations and did lose their careers over it. But then we just don't really hear about the harassment if there is any. Maybe there is, we don't know, but uh but And men it would likely be less, it either it would likely be less pronounced and less visible than it would be then in a situation like this
0: yeah so that's why i said i feel um i get it she does she did there was something wrong she did but i still feel bad for her
3: yeah it's like yes she like it's understandable that she lost her career over it but i wouldn't waste my time even if i didn't like this person i wouldn't waste my time like, throwing her under a speeding train and then pissing on her corpse with insults. Like, it's just... Like, no one needs that. No one does. Like you said, Jeff, uh, did,
0: did Hana Kimura teach anybody anything?
4: And it, it really shouldn't take a celebrity. Like, you know, Japan is kind of sadly known for mental health crises and suicide. Like, not known for, like, I wouldn't say <laughs> it's it's a... Cultural symbol or anything, but they're known to like as a country, like collectively, to to struggle with these issues. So, if even a celebrity, you know, death won't stop things like online bullying, I'm not sure anything can. And like, you know, this isn't exclusive to to Japan. Like, this happens all around the world, especially where uh social media is prevalent. But you know, th- th- there's an extra sting to me you know, if it happens in a place like um, Japan or South Korea, where, you know, suicide is such a a deep and, and, you know, problematic issue. Yeah. Uh. And again, there's no indication that, you know, this person is is heading along that path, like aside from the the seemingly empty threats or not empty, but like the threats that she, she made that seemed like they were part of, you know this this drama um but i don't think it can be ignored unfortunately just due to the relation with with the online bullying incidents that seem to have been and seem to be happening i'm still
0: yeah i am still speechless to be honest
1: and the problem is the online paper trails we like to say is can be very long and it stays there for a long time, regardless whether there's truth or lies or what have you, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah.
0: I'd say stay tuned. I think the I, I don't know. I think the less we hear about this story in the future, maybe the better. It means that maybe she has her chance to go into obscurity.
3: Actually, I like what this Fingers one person wrote. That. I like what this one person wrote on Ann. This was Hell Soldier saying, put bluntly, it it was nobody's business what she did aside from those affected by her actions directly. And some of these people who so gladly celebrate her retirement are the same who complain about cancel culture or what have you. They've lost their moral standing forever. Not that they've ever had it since they're always selective about the matter. Aruna Narumi only got this for one reason and one reason alone, because she is a woman. She should be held responsible,
0: but no more than
4: that, really. So that was your it? fun story for tonight, Mike. What's the <laughs> What's the serious <laughs> one?
0: Yeah, I you know that's a funny <laughs> boy. That got serious, didn't it? That's sort of, uh, I guess that's sort of how. Um... Yeah. Th- thanks. Uh, thanks, Jeff. <laughs> no, it's a good reminder that maybe uh, our fun is not fun for somebody else. So I I will be contrite in the way I introduced that story. It's interesting as an observer. It sucks to be involved. So, you know what, I'll be, but as I said, got me. I, I have to be contrite there. So, um, yeah, thanks for uh, keeping me in check on that one, Jeff. Do you want to get to, to something a little lighter? Just a couple more store. Uh, like, a, is there one story we worth mentioning here in this small list that uh, came up? That's maybe a little lighter than you that. Want a,
1: you want a better story from Japan? You can say that. Uh... Conventions are coming back over there, too, because they said uh, Con's uh, starting to get going, I guess, uh, this week and uh, its new, I guess, uh, COVID form, right? And the attendees are, I guess, uh, paying for the privilege of getting in since they've never had to do that. It's been two years since uh, the last one, almost, and they were taking pictures of the site uh, the night before because remember before they had people camping out to get in there before and there was not a soul there and they used to have the stampedes of people for the first train and they had people come for the first train but they said uh, it wasn't uh, as bad it was just uh, like a morning a regular morning rush I would say from what I saw it wasn't like a riding of the bulls so to speak (laughs) but it's interesting the ticket pricing the way They're doing it for this first time for attendees, because I guess they said they have two tickets. One, which is early access, where you can get into the venue at 10 a.m. and it's 5,000 yen. And then the general ticket, which just means you get in an hour later at 11 a.m. and it costs about uh, 2,000 yen. So that's a 3,000 yen difference, which is kind of crazy for an hour. And then they said they have a general attendance ticket for the cosplay area, which is going to be 3,500 yen. And any cosplayers requiring a changing room, of course, which some of them do, have to do a separate ticket of 1,500. And they never used to do that. And they have less people, obviously, or they are actually crowd controlling it, unlike in previous years because of COVID restrictions. But it's still going to be an impressively large event to say the least especially when you think omicron and everything else happening now
0: yeah do you think the uh the tickets are meant as one a deterrent uh, to encourage so- to encourage social distancing and crowd control or do you think there's this is just a means to recover recover
1: income there's a bit of that i think i know they said Before we went through this whole COVID thing, remember we had the Olympics, Mike, and that the big site was going to be used uh, in the Olympics and they were making Olympic modifications and stuff like that to that so that they were going to either have to move to different parts of big site or move somewhere else. So they were going to do a small ticket, not to this degree, I think, but to a certain degree they'd have to pay. And they had never had to pay before for attendees. I'm guessing how big site always made their money was through sponsors and through the people that get the tables for the dojinchi and stuff like that and the corporate tables so that must have been quite a bit of money so it's interesting that they even got people to go for the uh, ticket prices and stuff like that because i know for a lot of japanese uh, people uh, for some of the items they buy and stuff like that if it's a small price increase they may just cut it off and say no nah, i don't need this like they have that set Price mentality, right? There's that
0: deterrent. It's well, it could be a, a, like a, I'm not going to say sign of things to come because I think it's just another thing in that in in that uh, pot. There's an I don't know. It, it is, this doesn't. Um, I
3: mean. It, I have no clue really what to say about this. I could see it being paid from here on out.
1: Yeah, like I could see them, may- if they do enough, they might try to do a more paid and get some more revenue because definitely there are definitely costs to running a massive event on that scale because it's just like a ridiculous amount of people. I don't know how they did it before because it just looks like a zoo almost. And it will probably be still be a
0: zoo to that To some degree. I could foresee a lot of people wanting to go. Still. It's that type of thing, right?
1: And I'm sure they have, like, I guess, barriers for people when they go to the tables and at certain things and stuff like that. So it's definitely not as normal. And I guess that's a step up from what they had before because I guess when they were doing the handshake events and all those other things for the past few years they've been doing that virtually so
0: and when's the second one supposed to
1: be it's there's two a year right the others in the summer yeah so they have the end of the year then they have the summer ones so in the summer Hmm.
0: i guess uh, i guess the summer one will tell you how much they
1: like
2: the system the last one
1: they had was 2019 end of there and then of course we hit COVID in march so that's when everything hit the fan, so to speak. And I know the 2019, that's where they were talking about the overnight camping in near freezing conditions. And I think they said about a thousand people were huddled together just to try and to get into that comic Con 95 convention, which is kind of intense to think about a thousand people just so focused to get into one building in near freezing weather. Yeah.
0: Okay. When does uh, when does Comic Head run this time around?
1: Uh it should be running around uh now because they had the actual uh stuff going forward because it's December thirtieth to thirty first. So we're Two in the days, future 40. now, so they're probably already uh in there in the thirty first already. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it would be what? It'll be just after noon there actually. 31st as we're taping this but okay maybe some amusement but uh certainly not as serious as the first story we had
1: well, they definitely didn't have what they had in the last in person one in December 2019 because that was where they had the record across four days that was 750,000 people across three, four days three no.
2: quarters of a million people that's like what twice the size of comic con
1: yeah, it's like you think about that. And they added stuff, obviously, for the Olympics. So God only knows if we didn't have COVID-19, if they were going to try for a million. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. Well, maybe that gives us hope for the future that we'll see Anime North this year, as they say.
0: Well, I uh, will. more to come on that uh, in 2022, I'm sure. But we do have to finish 2021 first. Okay, I think those are those are some interesting stories to have talked about. I still feel bad about the and Nerumi. That's gonna stick in my head for a few for a little while. I'm not gonna live that one down how we approached it. But there are other things. And as mentioned at the beginning, it is the final episode of 2021. Kevin, you had an idea to about how we are gonna end it off. Give me a thought. Like I want you want you to lead us on this on this last part tonight.
3: So I was thinking about this uh, in the last couple days and uh part of this was stemming from how uh a month like it's been almost a month since I've seen Dune and I still think about the film a fair bit. And it really did leave uh, a strong impression on me. So I was just wanted to throw this question out there that uh, I was wondering if to all of you, uh, was there anything this year, whether it was a news piece or a media, some, some sort of media you consumed that really left a strong impression on you and why? Hmm. Okay
0: well, I guess we go once around the table on this dune was yours, but is there anything more anime manga related that you want to bring up Kevin to start?
3: hmm yeah few things really over override dune right now in my mind, but huh I'm trying to think here like well, one recent manga that I read was uh E's eternal Sabbath. And that is by uh, Fuyumi Soryo, who created Mars. Uh, Mars was a shoujo manga from the early 2000s that was previously released by Tokyo Pop and then summarily blew up this year because of TikTok. And, you know, I was thinking about Mars, and then I kind of thought about how, oh, yeah, I, I, I always wanted to... Finished reading Ease, but never got around to it. And uh, during the summer, I chanced upon a a complete set of the manga for a good price, so I jumped on it. And then uh, I joined an online group read for Ease this month, and it's interesting for me to see how mature the main cast was because you know when, I usually do read a lot of shonen and shoujo manga and these titles are normally geared towards younger audiences so there's a certain maturity level that gets met in those titles but it was it was refreshing to see adults just sorting out their feelings, explaining how they feel. And, you know, they're not always thinking rationally at every moment, at every waking moment, but, you know, they realize they make mistakes. They apologize. It was just very refreshing to see like two characters just communicating so well with each other. And that was I know it's kind of weird to say this, but I was like, wow, like, man, I haven't seen this happen in quite a while. <laughs> and uh, and Ease is a very interesting manga because it is a seinen manga. And there's a lot of very defining moments that happen in that series and a lot of very well-planned out full page and double page spreads that really kind of took my breath away at times because ease is a bonga. That's about a woman who encounters a man who has psychic powers. And Mm. they soon meet another person who also has psychic powers, who's younger, but is more or less a child. So then because they were treated unfairly, they want to lash out at the world. And uh, this other psychic named Isaac uh, at different points of the series con- takes over the minds of different characters. And at one, oh, this is a spoiler, but at one point, uh, Isaac controls the mind of one of um Mine Kujio the main character's best friends and so there's a scene that really kind of wowed me where Kimiko is chasing Mine with a knife and they're in a playground but the kids don't see this at all for whatever reason the Mm. kids don't see this so it's just a two page spread of like a woman with a knife chasing after another woman trying to kill her and I'm just, it's just <laughs> very, like, striking. Like, there was a, Soryo does some pretty good paneling and, like, moment-for-moment shots as well. And and it was really cool to just kind of analyze the manga in, in a more critical lens. So, And it was also, I was also at a point where, like, I really wasn't reading a lot of manga as of late. So it was really nice to hunker down and, like, knock a series off of my to-read list, too. It's a little hard to find now, though. That's the thing. Because it's out of print now.
1: Did ah. you published that? That was Viz?
3: That was Delray.
1: Oh, back Del Rey. in the day. Oh.
3: Yep, this was a Delray title before Kodansha uh, took I took it over. Was
1: it a completed Delray uh, series? Yes, it was. Okay. Or we'll is that one
0: up. <laughs> we'll have to look that one up. All right, but uh, thanks for that thought. As just something that stuck out. Who wants to go next? James, Jeff, Mo. One thing that we, you would like to say was a highlight watch.
2: I I uh, I really enjoyed uh, couple Bebop this year. I mean, you finally
1: saw it. No, I've I seen it. I, <laughs> I,
2: I, feel, I feel like Spider Man is kind of like, like you know, not topic specific based on the podcast we're currently on. Well, yeah, you
3: know,
2: you, if it really, <laughs> if it really wowed you, I don't see
3: why you can't talk about it.
2: I mean, Ooh. you know, it was good. Just you know, I, I, I think I enjoyed the experience of watching Spider Man more than I liked the movie Spider Man. I see. Because okay. for me, uh. Yeah, there wasn't
3: much of an experience to Dune, aside from the fact that just the, the music and the sound was amazing. Like, the the audience was, for me, was fairly quiet, whereas with Spider-Man, I can imagine the crowd being riled up at points.
2: Very much so. I mean, has anyone else on the panel seen it? Jeff, I know, I maybe? not
0: had the chance yet. Not yet. Uh, not yet.
3: Maybe at some point.
2: I kind of okay. want to see it now because of
3: Zendaya. Now that I've seen Zendaya and Dune because <laughs> i actually had no clue who zendaya was prior to dune
0: now now you do she's more than tom holland's girlfriend
3: mm-hmm.
2: no 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 uh it's the opposite way around he's her boyfriend okay, yes <laughs> okay so what do you want to say about cowboy bebop though oh no i i really enjoyed it i mean i enjoyed the the lead-up to it the the while it's happening the debacle afterwards, the cancellation, the whole, everything around it. It was one of those things where it was, like, an event. That could only- oh,
0: yeah, <laughs> and to clarify, you're talking the live action, not the anime.
2: I mean, yes, exactly, the live action. But I just, it was, it was just an event, you know? It was, like, the lead-up, the hype, and then, you know, what we got, which I liked more than others, but still. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they stuck with everything, even uh, with their... Uh... Lead character uh, getting injured on set, so and that doesn't always happen, right? So,
2: I mean, you know, every time I every time I remember that this the show was delayed like what a year and a half, two years almost because of that injury. I mean, I, wow! If they had released this in like twenty twenty, would people have been more hyped for it? Like, I feel like timing might have helped, maybe, but I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. It was a it was a high high point of the year. You Thank know, you. anime
0: rise. <laughs> well. <laughs> Action-wise, but uh, certainly uh, along the lines of what we talk
4: about.
2: Uh, True, 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 true.
4: Jeff, so I have two, but I'll be efficient. Uh, The first one is uh, to no one's surprise of the release of the Shaman King, uh, I guess relaunch reboot uh, anime, and not so like the series itself. You know, it's of you know, have issues. It's a little bit rushed, but it's still really nice to see the sort of manga version uh, animated. Uh, When it comes to the um, Netflix dub, a lot of the original four kids uh, voice cast was brought back, which was really great. Um, It's uh, the music, which was one of the sticking points as to why there hasn't been a a reboot until now um, has been really good as well. Um, You know, so you know, solid A's across the board. Um, They even incorporated the original opening uh, in one of the early episodes, which was great. But the thing about Shaman King that really relieved me um, sort of pre-launch was that I had this fear going into it and this uncertainty um, regarding the character of Joko, um, who is the African-American main character of Shaman King. and. Oh, I yes. was, I was terrified as to what was going to happen. Um, because he has the sort of Japanese mangaka style that was, you know, popularized years ago of what I call the donut lips. And I really didn't think that would, that should fly in 2020, 2021. Uh, but there are defenders including, um, African Americans, uh, of that style. Um, I think it has unfortunately a really dark history behind it, but, you know, there are defenders of it for whatever reason. And I think that a lot of that defense is that, um, the character should be depicted with, um, specifically large lips. And, you know, it's a little bit mixed whether that is still the case in the new design, but the new design for Joko, who has a different name in Japanese, um, also, there's a reason why it was changed to Joko. Uh, they, uh-huh. <laughs> the, the lips are, you know, not depicted in that donut style. Um, especially for profile views, um, they are still, you know, there's still fullness to them, but, you know, it is now respectful um, as far as the art style, um, which was a huge relief um, to me, uh, you know, and I'm I'm so glad they did it. Of course, it's going to be criticism. I don't care. I think it was definitely the good call. Um, and I guess on a more purely positive note, I think one of the most exciting and fun moments for me um, was the reveal of the final Super Smash Brothers fighter, um, which was Sora from Kingdom Hearts. I never was the biggest Kingdom Hearts fan. I've never played any of the mainline games. I remember seeing a commercial on TV. It's an old technology that uh, some of you may remember for Kingdom Hearts on the PlayStation Two, and I was so excited for this game, and I didn't have a PlayStation 2 at the time. I eventually did get a PlayStation 2, but never even bought Kingdom Hearts. But I'm not even the biggest Disney fan, but there was something special about this game. Um, I had the openings, uh, Japanese and English, on my mini disc player or burned CDs. Um, there was something magical about this franchise. And the impossibility, or seemingly impossibility, of a Disney character joining this video game celebration, Um, you know, it, it seemed very slightly possible, but, you know, how could it happen? And when that trailer started and it became more and more obvious that the final character was going to be Sora... I was I was excited despite the fact that I don't think I've I've turned the game on even though I have all the DLC but it's just the spectacle of the announcement and when Sora comes out of the the keyhole and you know an instrumental version of of simple and clean um plays um by uh, Hikaru Utada who recently or in the last year became probably Japan's most high-profile, non-binary person, not even artist. Um, and it's it's such a beautiful song, and it's not in the game, but they managed to get it for the trailer. Um, and just the joy, and how happy it made so many people, that even me, who only has played um, the PSP game and the Game Boy Advance game, um, and again, didn't turn on Smash Brothers since the DLC came out, I was still floored and excited for other people and I could feel the positivity. No other character would have had such a universal appeal and brought joy to more people. And, you know, again, with with Utada, um, Hikaru, uh, you know, adding that sort of extra layer of, of, you know... um, I guess, magic, at least to my viewing experience Uh, with that song, you know, that has to be maybe if not my highlight of the year, at least my Japanese pop culture related highlight of the year.
0: And this is an interesting one. Maybe I should go see. You make me want to see that reveal now. It's I I presume it's
3: on YouTube. Simple and clean was playing in my mind as you were talking about (laughs) soaring Kingdom Hearts, Jeff. It's such a great trailer. Like they they manage, like
4: you know, there's little bits of gameplay you know sprinkled in there. So it is still advertising the the fighting game, but like the CG is is spectacular. The you know it's all in a black background, but it's still haunting and and beautiful. Perfect way to end, you know, Masahiro Sakurai's like arduous trial of a, of a masterpiece of a game collection game
1: thing. Like, well, I think he said he finally uh, succeeded in uh, doing what Awana wanted him to do, and hopefully the man can get some rest, right? Yeah, exactly. And people like, will stop dissecting his tweets. <laughs> it's like, he's gonna be in Smash. No, that person is. I-, I loved his tweet
4: with like a bunch of Among Us toys and his cats, and he's just like, I'm so glad Smash is over so I can post this without having to deal with the you know reaction to it. Um, so I I definitely am happy for him I hope he is able to relax Um, definitely deserves it after all the work that he put into this game plus all the DLC
1: I hope he can play all those consoles he has uh, in front of his TV because of (laughs) COVID we got to see his setup and he has quite the setup okay James, one thing for you where Uh, do you want to go? there's Thinking about, there's many things to think about. I think about last year, how I was thinking about the big thing to me. I was looking back and I had talked about, remember earlier in 2020, I got hyped over the PC Engine uh, Mini and it was great playing those old games and stuff like that. And it makes me think going into 2021 and I was looking at uh, one series and then uh, a book looking at uh, retro uh, Japan games. So on the book side, uh, there was Japan Soft and Oral History, uh, which was released by Read Only Memories. It's a boutique uh, bookseller uh, of video game uh, books and stuff like that in the UK. But Japan Soft and Oral History, they did a compilation of interviews and they did some new interviews for this. It was based off um, three volumes called uh, "The History: The Untold History of Japanese Game Developers" by John Sees uh, Panic. I believe his name is. Sorry if that is wrong, but uh, he did a that off of a Kickstarter. But uh, he went to Japan. He did these interviews with these different uh, Japanese game devs. And a lot of them were guys that were making uh, games in the '80s, and then early 90s and late 90s. So we're talking about early Japanese video games and console games all the way up to, I'd say, 2000. So we're talking PS1, Dreamcast, and uh, N64, stuff like that. And so we're talking even about the pixel artists in that. And it was just interesting reading all these different uh, views that they had never talked about before. We're talking about early Falcom. We're talking about... There was a lot of PC culture, and you never think about PC gaming in Japanese gaming. You always think about it, about console gaming or, or mobile gaming. And they talked to a lot of people from Falcom and all those other ones that got their start through PC and stuff like that, which is interesting. And with Japanese PCs and stuff like that, that uh, they talked about the PC88 and all those other variations, which is just. Absolutely insightful and stuff like that, that you never would have uh, heard from. And it's like these crazy bubble era stories, right? Because during the 80s, like things were just kind of crazy. But that's it. uh, The last one, uh, if you want, uh, that was commemorating uh, this year is Cotton uh, celebrating uh, 30 years. And so mm. they had quite a few games come out this year. So they had uh, the Western version uh, that was the remake of the first game, uh, Cotton Reboot, came out, and that was on Switch and PS4, and I played that in Spray, and that was fun. And they then had uh, the Saturn uh, Tribute uh, Edition that came out uh, over here digitally in Japan uh, physically uh, with Cotton 2 and Cotton Boomerang, which was fun to play even though they had some emulation issues but the saturn is notorious for that i think they're fixing that uh in a month or two and then uh In-In as well decided to release uh, two digital ones only but uh cotton 100 Percent, which was i believe snes uh cotton game and then uh the cotton panorama game for uh Sega Genesis that had never come out here on PS4 and Switch. That one's interesting because it's like Space Harrier, so it's kind of 3D-like. And so it's interesting. It's not a regular 2D uh, shoot-em-up or shoot-em-up of the early 90s variety where we're not having bullets go everywhere. We're just trying to get the best score we can. and It's great to play those games again. And then the reason why is this week I got in the mail and I've been playing for the past uh, two days or so is from Japan, uh, Cotton Rock and Roll. And so this is the newest game in the series, the culmination and the celebration of 30 years that Success decided to release. And you can tell they really put it in there. They have all the elements those older games had for the regular stages. Plus, for Panorama, what they did for the bonus stages is they did that Space Harrier 3D aesthetic to go through. And then for the heck of it, I don't know why, but they added special japanese uh, guest characters from other video games that you could play as and stuff like that that add this weird style to going through this game and then you have the funny uh story of cotton trying to get the uh, willows the candies and that uh, throughout the game which she does in every game retro is always you though james yeah, well, unfortunately, I'm not giving much money, uh, to the gaming industry the way it's been going for many years, right? I guess the next, uh, frontiers we keep hearing next year is, what is it, NFTs or something to that effect, but. Oh my we'll God. See what happens. No. Hopefully, is hopefully, as long as they can keep on making these smaller games and stuff like that, and the Japanese devs can find, uh, some places where they can release their games. Like I know a lot of them have went to switch and stuff like that. And the PS4 still has legs, right? So people are still releasing games for that on the Japanese side. So as they release, I will gobble them up.
0: Yeah. For me, um, just, just to your point and uh, James, I get the feeling 2022, I'll, I'll continue my rediscovery of, of certain style console games, whether it's recent or, older than that. I mean, I mean we joked around about last week about me getting a PS5. Which which by the way, uh there's a part of me that's really really or, or not so seriously thinking about putting the thing on the balcony and seeing who comes up. The
3: oh, Spider-Man It chip. disappears, Mike, you know why? Yeah, you
1: succeeded. No! <laughs> <laughs> You're saying Spider-Man is real basically that is the test. Well, uh, Spider-Man's
0: been arrested. More like I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I get the feeling, oh and just for reference on the, on that topic and upon Kevin's suggestion earlier. Um I did choose to return Ghost of Tsushima and Ratchet and Clank earlier before taping cuz I just came to the realization I'm not going to open them up anytime soon. So I'll Get them again when I'm ready to.
1: I guess the only thing I would let you know, Mike, on that is, especially if you're looking at it digitally for some of those games, especially since they're all having year-end sales, right? For uh, PlayStation, for Nintendo, and then for Xbox and stuff like that. Is that some of the devs, yeah, they'll go low and they will may have lower prices in the future, but There are definitely some devs that they've went the Nintendo route and found uh, a niche where they say, you know what, we're going to lower it to this price, and that's what you're going to get come hell or high water each sale and stuff like that. Because I've seen way forward, and their lowest and consistent, for example, uh, River City uh, Girls, which you talked about, Mike, 30% for the last few uh, sales and stuff like that. And they've been consistent with that and some of their other games, for example.
0: Yeah, good for them. So,
1: so so it's a good game to get, and I think that would be a good one if you do want to get, since you like it. And it'll be a good thing uh, to do, since, remember, next year, Mike, River City Girls 2 is coming out at some point, and then early in the year they're going to do uh, River City Girls 0, which is, I think, kind of a redo of uh, the 1994 uh, SNES game, I believe. But they're adding comic scenes, like manga scenes and stuff like that. To a, her way forward yeah so i'll just things to think
0: about for later on as i said i just know um ghost of tsushima and ratchet and clank will will wait and can wait okay and you're gonna play uh, spider-man then no i'm gonna get back to yakuza ah. in this time i'll probably get 60 frames per second symbolically however i probably won't like um, as of this moment, the PS5 hasn't been opened, and neither has that uh, the new uh, computer. I guess symbolically, those will, be, those will debut in 2022 for me and for everybody else. But looking back on 2021, if you're going to ask me one thing I'd like to mention, it's sort of a, a journey going back to the past and helping me discover something, albeit a, a few years back, something from a few years back more specifically when i did that on my mind and told the story of Kozo Murashita and his song hatsukoi and how it had been covered numerous times and how it found itself on a couple different anime soundtracks in the process i dis- i discovered tsukigakide the 2017 romance drama and anybody who listens to this show and enough, and has listened to me enough over the years, knows I can be a bit of a sucker for romance anime. Kimigori Orange Road, Meizone Koku, most notably. They might be, or arguably in my own top five. Plus, uh, one other title which we mentioned last week and will not be mentioned any further, at least in this episode.
3: Isidate My Santa? It was
0: awesome, by the way, for comparison. (laughs) Love Hina and Love Hina is and Love Hina, I know it would be up there in terms of early aughts stuff, late 90s, early aughts. Toradora, probably up there in late aughts. Tsukigakire, I would always argue, probably would be something in that range, albeit, albeit more of a drama, but for mid to late 2010s and it, watching that story and watching it on crunchyroll the the way it went is stuck in your head and it was such a to me it was such a simple story didn't try and be comedic didn't try and be slapsticky supernatural it was just a simple story that ultimately like it was it was the it was really slice of life to me and i really appreciated seeing that so that's the one thing that stuck out to me. Nothing spectacular. Probably nothing that uh, it's not a huge franchise by by any stretch. But I certainly enjoyed it, and certainly enjoyed the investment of the twelve episodes in watching that. And there, but that's that's really all I got to say. If you're going to ask me on one thing, and there was a lot to have watched. In 20, uh, 2021, because heaven's knows I had the time to watch it, whether it's the uh, JFF Plus or discovering a few more things on Crunchyroll or going through Demon Slayer and seeing what all the hype was about. And I've yet to see the
3: movie, strange enough, but I guess that's on the, on the queue. Well, or- you can just watch it on Crunchyroll now because...
1: Yes, The movie I know. is I know.
3: now broken up into episodes. Well, and the movie itself is there too.
0: So that's an option. It's just that once again, I probably haven't given myself the time just as much as I haven't given myself time to continue Yakuza. No matter how much I've talked about it, it didn't get touched at all in 2021. And I hope that'll change in 2022, but uh, let's finish up 2021 first. Before tonight, I decided to look through my notes on the last episode we did in 2020 and wondered how much had changed between then and now, yet again, as this pandemic thing rolls along. I looked out at what we set to do in 2021 and now look back on it and wondered if much was accomplished. The conclusion I've come to in relation to this podcast is sort of where we are with COVID right now. We've made some progress, but maybe not enough. When it came to COVID, we had vaccines, but getting them was slow. Oftentimes, the lineups for those things, like self-testing kits, resembled more like a lineup for concert tickets. Places opened up slightly. We had gatherings which got bigger as the year went, even got to the point where one politician out west in Canada basically lashed out at a reporter when questioning summer reopening plans, basically saying, COVID is over. Then our signals got crossed. Some of us worked again, but it only lasted for so long. One minute we're told to be weary as the weather got warmer because it gave people more opportunity to go out and spread the virus amongst each other in close contact. Then six months later, as the weather got colder, we're told to be weary of going inside because it would give give people more opportunity to go in and spread the virus amongst each other in close contact. Different waves and variants came and went and still continue to this moment. Despite our best attempts and efforts, the pandemic is here and still hitting hard. But we have made progress. Many of us have made efforts and done their part, gotten vaccines or made painful choices about who we choose to hang out with and dealing with the emotional tolls of those we didn't. We tried to understand more. We learned how to deal with things without safety nets because, honestly, those safety nets were gone. In many respects, we're just a little wiser and battle-hardened, too. So as we continue to deal with this current wave, all we can do is know that it will end. And we'll deal with what happens after. When it comes to this podcast, I'm not totally sure we accomplished what we set out at the beginning of the year. We rethought a few things, but really didn't have too many guests. We tried out a new theme song, but it was really a stock piece you can find anywhere. We returned to Anime North, but maybe weren't the best prepared for it. We finally started doing a more video version of certain parts of the show, but that was pretty much at the end of the year, and somehow we only had one on my mind. But here's the thing. Pandemics historically do take a few years, so though, for those of us living through the present one, we do have more to go. Anyone hoping to make history in that sense were more likely to be history instead. And so goes the podcast. It will always be a work in progress, trying to find its own way too. Almost two years into the pandemic, it would now be foolish to make too much in the way of predictions it certainly wouldn't be wise to predict something miraculous like the end of said pandemic. But I don't think we're headed for a cataclysmic disaster either. But the one thing we can do for sure is just keep going. Understanding we'll drop our share of things as we do things along the way. But also maybe pick up a few things along the way too. So for us going into 2022, all we can do is keep going as well, and maybe pleasantly surprise you with the more subtle things we're going to introduce. But who knows? Maybe it will be more than the sum of its parts. Our promise is always the same. To make sure that those of you who feel like taking the time to hear our little odd takes on the anime, manga, and Asian pop culture world feels like it wasn't a waste of time to do so. And maybe try to get a few more people to spend some time with us too. So the takeaway I got in terms of 2021 is that it's okay to have some sort of skepticism. And who wouldn't after almost two years? But sometimes you have to try a few things to get it to happen and not wait for them to happen. And that the path to better is never straight and can be narrow. But really, it never closes. That's all we have for tonight and 2021. So once again, we want to hear from you. AnimeRoundtable at gmail.com at Anime Roundtable, Roundtable.com. As always, word of mouth is always appreciated. So tell your friends about this show if you think they'll like it. And don't forget, since you can do it on Spotify too, you can leave us a review wherever you're seeing or listening to this. Because uh, reviews and good reviews will help us maybe get exposed to people who will be interested in watching us. And
3: what type of reviews are we looking for, Kevin? We are looking for five-star reviews because that way we can become more visible to people who are looking for anime podcasts to listen to. And it will bring more awareness to us if so. So if you do listen to us, please take a couple minutes of your time to give us that highly coveted review. Thank you. We typically do
0: episodes once every other week, but obviously that's changing and hopefully we'll be a lot more frequent than that in 2022. So if you don't want to miss anything, subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on Twitch or Twitter or Instagram so you can be notified whenever we do add something new to the feed. Also, in the meantime, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and check out our playlist on Spotify, which has music inspired by many of the things we talk about. here. So until next time, that's it for 2021. Thanks for listening. Yoi otoshi wo umuke kudasai. Cross safely into the news. Okay, that's uh, that's that's a, that's a that's an end, right? <laughs> yeah, went serious at the end, right there.
3: Yes,
1: well, I tried. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, I tried.